better place with my own two hands make a kind of place oh with my oh with my own two hands with my own with my own two hands all right welcome to another episode of my own two hands a monthly public affairs program all about practitioners who are doing sustainability work by implementing solutions to our sustainability problems at any scale from local to global. My name is Adrian Victor and I'm your host and I'm so grateful and fortunate to be with you today in live in the studio at KDNK with my good friend, my esteemed mycophile wizard of filmmaking and f- mushroom foraying, Hamilton Pevek. Thank you so much. So good to have you here today. So good to be here with you. Hello, Roaring Fork Valley, all you fungophobes and fungophiles. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, we're all about uh, having an open door policy with mycophiles and mycophobes. And in fact, um, <clears throat> anybody who comes out and learns about the fungi is sure to be at the very least surprised. Absolutely. (laughs) I've been into it for almost 16 years now and I'm still getting surprised. Isn't that an amazing thing about life on earth uh, in general? May lifelong learning never end. (laughs) So uh, we're in the studio with Hamilton uh, hot off a couple of uh, tours, uh, mushroom foraying tours. Maybe he can tell us a little bit about the delicacies he's found. But he's also hot on his way to a very special event happening tonight at the Carbondale Library uh, from 7 to 9 p.m. And um, this is a great opportunity for you to learn about that. So could you tell us what's going on with the Western Colorado Mycological Association's event at the Carbondale Library? Yeah, we are hosting a special event. The WICMA, the Western Colorado Mycological Association, is hosting a panel on microdosing. So this is an opportunity for the community to come out, ask their questions, get answers, and join uh, what I hope to be a lively discussion about this new and amazing thing that people are calling microdosing. And uh, what exactly is that, Hamilton? So microdosing is taking very small amounts of any psychoactive substance. I mean, technically, you can microdose coffee or sugar if you want, uh, but it's mostly in reference to microdosing psychedelics. Um, so you're taking a very small amount that doesn't impair you in a psychedelic way, but you still get the benefits of it uh, in terms of things like Focus, creativity, energy, um, all kinds of benefits come from taking very small amounts. And in this case, we're going to talk specifically about microdosing psilocybin, which is a uh, psychoactive compound found in magic mushrooms. Those famous psilocybes. Yeah, absolutely. And fortunately, uh, as a community, as a state, we now have access to this medicine uh, it has been decriminalized under the grow, gift, gather model. So you're allowed to grow it. You're allowed to give it to 
your community and you're allowed to gather it. However, if you go out hunting for magic mushrooms in Colorado, you will be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I did hear about this uh, version that they found out by Telluride, um, but hasn't been found since. That's right. I, I heard that as well, that a uh, Psilocybe telluridensis was found at the Telluride Mushroom Festival, hence the namesake. Um, but yeah, hasn't been found since. And, you know, we have Paniolis, which is a variety of mushroom that sometimes contains psilocybin. Um, but uh, generally, they don't grow in Colorado. Uh, however, they're very easy to grow at home. So is it fair to say that homeopathy uh, works in the same way as microdosing? Well, I'm by no means uh, an expert in anything, <laughs> but, but uh, as far as I know, homeopathy is about like hyper-diluting your medicine, um, and I'm not sure the mechanism by which that's explained or why it works that way, but I've heard that, yeah, you're, you're supposed to super-dilute your medicine for a greater effect. Yeah. Well, I, I know there's a, a lot of history around this, and um, there was a time when uh, psychiatric research into psilocybin and mescaline and LSD and all, all of the, 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 uh, those uh, psychedelics uh, was pursued in a, in a rigorous manner. And then eventually, in the sort of paranoia of the counter-revolution in the early 70s, um, this was, in essence, um, forbidden and, and no longer funded and, in fact, illegal. And um, only recently has it come to be approved again. And so there have been, there's a new wave of research out there about the psychiatric effects of microdosing and or macrodosing. Could you give us a little survey of uh, some of the things that are being discovered these days? Yeah, absolutely. The door was closed on psychedelic research thanks to... Um what was that guy's name? Richard Nixon. And w basically halted all research for the last 50-ish plus years. And since uh, since the last, I would say, maybe 10 years, we've had uh, a sort of resurgence of uh, studies done on psychedelics, everything from MDMA to, to psilocybin. And... and it's pretty amazing the results that we're seeing. The The landmark study that really blew the doors open for psilocybin was the uh, Johns Hopkins research on end of life and basically everyone being okay with dying after they took large amounts of psilocybin and having mystical experiences and having deep connections with their, uh, their own religion and spirituality, thus making it mm -hmm. okay to die. Mm -hmm. And then now we're looking at, there's research that shows um, this amazing effects against substance abuse, particularly research around alcohol abuse, nicotine abuse, and um, opiate addiction. Mm -hmm. And all of them are showing very promising results mm -hmm. in terms of taking one to two large doses of psilocybin. I'm talking like heroic doses, which means you're taking a lot, you have a deep psychedelic experience. And then you come out of it not wanting the thing you were addicted to. And the effects of that can last up to a year, mm. which is just like incredible compared to what other 
um, medications and therapies are available to people with those kinds of addictions. Mm-hmm. So it's really a benefit to the community as a whole, and that's my opinion, that that we have access to psilocybin now. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing thing. And the research yeah. is ongoing. I mean, Absolutely. there's tons of research around microdosing. There's new studies coming out all the time. Some say uh, it's beneficial to X, Y, and Z. Some say it doesn't do anything. Some says mm-hmm. it's beneficial to A, B, and C. Right. You know, and, and the research, the clinical research has to be super specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that research is aggregated anecdotal data from people who are self-administering. Mm-hmm. Um, but seriously, like every week there's a new study that right. is released. Yeah, I know Paul Stamets is gathering uh, quite a bit of uh, quantitative data uh, through an app that he made available and so if, if a patient is on a course of uh, microdose or, and or other doses that they can, in, in essence, like record, they record their moods um, and their energy levels and things like that throughout the day. Um, and they do that several times a day. And he's getting big data. Yeah, that's a great way to crowdsource. I mean, you know, leave it to the critics to pull the efficacy of that data apart. But for the most part, like... Those lived experiences, uh, as anecdotal as they are, is important to the research because what matters is your lived experience, is my lived Mm -hmm. experience. And, you know, we can talk about the placebo effect another time because that's a whole can of worms. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But the the stories are so moving. I was so moved by the the movie uh, Fantastic Fungi. Uh, by Louis Schwartzberg, which I got to see in Telluride, by the way, um, on its premiere. Nice. <laughs> so, and every time I I meet that man who was afraid to die, and then after the treatment was not, like, that's not, it, that's subjective, but that's the point. That is the desired effect and no longer fear death. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the goal of all religion and spirituality is to transcend that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can't speak for all different traditions and disciplines regarding that, but like, if not to come to terms with our own mortality and to have a kind of playbook for life, then what? Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I remember think, thinking that in sixth grade. It's been quite a pathway ever since. I heard about a study recently. Someone told me that they were doing research on priests taking psilocybin Mm -hmm. and and having enormously positive Mm -hmm. impacts Mm -hmm. on developing and strengthening their relationship with God under the umbrella of their own framework for Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just a beautiful thing. Like, if if you already believe something, it can strengthen those beliefs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. affirm that within you. And if it doesn't matter if you believe something else, it can then further those all alternate beliefs, whatever they may be. And that's not I mean, that's just like on a psycho emotional spiritual level, okay? Psilocybin is also amazing as an anti inflammatory that mm. can be easily measured. It also profoundly affects our nervous system. Mm. So in, in these very physiological, measurable ways, we can see that it is having a positive inf- impact on our body. Mm-hmm. So one more deep question for you here. Um, okay, I got one more deep answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
because uh, this is a show about sustainability. And so we'd love to hear you talk about what is your vision for what sustainability is and, and how do fungi play a role in that? That's a big one. So we cannot have infinite growth within a finite system. And that's the current model of, of our global economy. Like capitalism, for the most part, requires infinite growth. But we live on Earth, which is a finite system. So we are at odds with sustainability. We fundamentally cannot achieve that. Mm. So fungi can teach us so many things about how to live in harmony with our environment. Uh, for the most part, there are two fundamental categories of fungi. There are mycorrhizal fungi and, and decomposers. So we have mushrooms that, mycorrhizal mushrooms that uh, have build and create mutualistic relationships with their environment. They connect to the roots of plants and trees and exchange information, goods, and services. And then we have decomposers, which break down um, our environment in order for new life to emerge from that uh, new material. So they're, they're decomposers, they're composters. You know, if we didn't have decomposers, we would be, you know, buried in the waste of past generations. It's fundamental to our life on earth. It's fundamental to our uh, inner biome. And we're learning more and more about how fungi basically make it possible for life on earth to thrive. And we're also learning more and more about how they affect our own bodies and mm. making us healthy primarily as mm. uh, anti-inflammatories and immunomodulators. So to answer your question more specifically, be like fungi. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's great. <laughs> that is the answer. Um, but of yeah. course, let, let, me, let me say a caveat, though. <laughs> let, me, let me add a caveat. Fungi are also parasites. Yes, some of them are. You right? know, yeah. and, and they, they are very good parasites. They mm. keep their hosts uh, alive as long as possible. Uh, uh. Because if you are a bad parasite, you would kill your host quickly. Uh. And that's not good for the parasite or the host. Right. And, uh, you know, humans are holobionts. If you take a relationship mm. like a symbiotic relationship, a symbiont, mm -hmm. you have two organisms uh, living together, not necessarily in harmony. Like a parasite can be considered a, a symbiotic relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but if you add uh, three or more organisms to that relationship, then you have a holobiont. Mm. And often holobionts are living in harmony. Like there are more bacterial cells in our body than there are human cells. So what does that teach us? That tells us, are we even human if we have more bacterial cells than human cells? We are superorganisms. <laughs> exactly. We're superorganisms. We found a way, like nature, biology has found a way to harmonize. Yes. And I think it's only a matter of time before the human species can truly harmonize mm. on the surface, surface of the planet. Oh, now you're going all avatar on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be fun. You are listening to My Own Two Hands. Uh, we are here today with Hamilton Pevick talking about mushrooms and 
uh, lots of other things. So um, could we talk a little bit about this um, event you're putting on? First of all, could you tell us about WICMA? Uh, what, what is this thing mm-hmm. that you co-founded? And, uh, you know, what, what could people expect from co- coming out to Carbondale Library tonight at 7 p.m.? WICMA is the Western Colorado Mycological Association that's based in Carbondale, but we represent the entire western side of the state. And we're a brand new mushroom club. Mm-hmm. And we meet once a month to nerd and geek out together. And we often bring in presenters uh, to share their knowledge and their wisdom with us uh, around all things mycology, like whatever that is. In fact, uh, Andy Better was our guest last month um, fantastic. For, on this for the same reason, because he, he was giving the talk later that day. Oh, it was fantastic. Andy was amazing presenter, was doing amazing research in Ecuador. He's a fantastic photographer. It was a really wonderful event. And every month, yeah, we try and bring in people to share what they can offer the club and our community. And you don't have to be a member to come to our meetings. Uh, Membership is only $30 a year, and you get to come to our expert-guided forays with that membership. Um, And you get to buy a T-shirt. So That's I mean, a great deal. I mean, if you need an incentive, <laughs> another T-shirt uh, in the closet is huge. In full disclosure, I'm already a member. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, and so tonight, I thought it would be fun because this is really our off-season. Uh, you know, we have to bring in people, have to keep it juicy, and hosting a panel to talk about something that a lot of people are interested in seemed like a good choice for the winter, for a winter meeting. Um, so yeah, we're bringing in a bunch of local people who have a lot of experience in microdosing therapists, um, recipients, users, people who have benefited from it, people who question it, you know, there's, it's, it should be a lively discussion and an opportunity to have your questions answered about this thing that you've probably heard about. And I'm really excited to host, uh, I'll, I'll be hosting the panel and keeping the conversation going. Uh, but there's going to be some really fantastic and, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for, knowledgeable voices mm, on the mm, panel. Mm. And so I hope you guys, all of you who's ever interested, come out. It's a free event and uh, it will uh, be uh, something to remember. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, you are also an entrepreneur and a filmmaker, and I'd love to get into uh, with the what remains a little bit of how you kind of tie it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're an owner of a of a company you started recently called Hamilton's Mushrooms that I am also a, a very grateful uh, client of. Thank you. <laughs> Pretty much every day, my yeah. smoothie or my coffee has some of your powders in it, and they're really delicious. Um, and um, but you're also so a filmmaker, so. Um, tell us about that. How did how did mushrooms bring you to filmmaking and, and or vice versa or whatever? What was that dance like and what is your story? So to be fair, I'm also a husband and a father uh-huh. and a son and a cousin <laughs> and a brother. Many titles. Yeah. So I spent most of my career as a filmmaker, primarily in the documentary space, although I make all kinds of films and I've been doing that for about 22 years. And as an aside, I'm also a mushroom geek. You know, I was into, I started foraging in 2009 and teaching myself how to do mushroom ID. And then I got into cultivation and then I got into medicinal mushrooms. And I was 
sort of built a reputation in that space as being a mushroom guy and started working as a consultant for other mushroom brands and uh, connecting mushroom brands with high-quality organic mushroom extracts. And I could see that nobody that I was working with and through research finding out about other brands that nobody was really providing and offering the best mushroom extracts that were available. Most of these companies were just looking at their bottom line, wanted the cheap one that was still efficacious. But then there was these multiple degrees of more potent, more efficacious mushrooms available. And I thought, well, there's the gap I can fill. You know, The other problem was that brands weren't providing um, large amounts at affordable prices. Because as for me, as a, as a mushroom, medicinal mushroom consumer, I eat a lot of them, and I want to be able to afford to eat a lot of them. And it was pretty expensive to buy mushroom extracts mm-hmm. on the open market mm-hmm. uh, from you know, a retail perspective, like buying them off Amazon or whatever. So I, I kind of like reached a turning point in my life where I was tired of making other people's films. And mm. when COVID hit, I was in Nepal and I had to escape Nepal, come back to Carbondale and I spent two weeks in, in a trailer in Satank in quarantine. And during that time, I unearthed an old film project called Suklal's Hunt. And this was a film I had shot seven years before and then finished it while I was in quarantine. And it was such a, a fulfilling creative process for me to make a movie about something I care deeply about like mushrooms. This is a movie about hunting Ophiocordyceps sinensis in Nepal, which is a very expensive sought after medicinal mushroom that can, um, that is mostly only wild foraged. And so I had this kind of like revelation regarding my creative experience. And then I thought to myself, well, all I really want to do is make movies about mushrooms, but who's going to pay for that? Like nobody, I mean, it's so hard to get people to pay for movies anyway. Who's going to pay for movies about mushrooms? Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, you know what I'll do? I'll create a direct-to-consumer mushroom brand, dovetailing with my wholesaling and consulting, and basically leverage the sales of those mushrooms in order to finance films that are mycologically centric. And so Suklal's Hunt was kind of the first film that I launched my company under. And since then, I've been able to produce a number of films. uh, And I'm working on lots of films simultaneously. And each one is sort of under that mycological umbrella. And it's been enormously satisfying because I get to make the movies I want. I get to provide high-quality organic mushroom extracts. And so I basically put that money back into the community and back into the films and back into the company in order to keep it going. So the more extracts that I can sell, the more movies I can make, the more extracts I can sell. And I've managed to close the loop. Nice. And it's working out so far so good. Circular economy. I love it. And somehow find find time to be a dad and husband and all that other stuff. Indeed. Indeed. 
Um, well, I'm looking forward to seeing um, uh, Sukalal's Hunt again, uh, as well as uh, your your most recent one, almost called Through a Blue Lens, which is about Psilocybe asurensis, uh, which grows up in the Pacific Northwest. Did, I, I think I did see the trailer, mm. but I haven't seen that yet. Um, but uh, happy to uh, share that you're going to be showing those as well as two other films, including a brand new one that you're going to tell us about here in a minute, um, out in Paonia on December the 7th at 6.30-ish. That's Paonia time at the Paradise. Uh, could you tell us about Gone Good? Yeah, Gone Good is my newest, latest film. Uh, it's called Gone Good, Eau du Fromage, and it's uh, I shot it in France last year. I finished it this year. It's 99% done. I'm just waiting for the original score to be completed by one of my all-time favorite bands, Ezra Bell. It was so generous to um, write the music for me on this piece. And if you haven't heard of Ezra Bell, go check them out. They are amazing band. Um, they started in Portland and came, and now they're based in Salt Lake City. And really, this is a film about the role of fungi in cheese and what makes cheese alive and special and delicious and Spoiler alert, it's fungi. <laughs> well, the story is told by by um, three very charismatic young men, two French guys, and a PhD mycologist named Dr. Gordon Walker. So I'm thrilled to share this with everybody, and it's going to be screened locally, hopefully in the next two weeks, as the uh, forerunner of the Fungi Film Festival. Yeah, so um, in, yeah, tell us about the film festival real quick. Fungi Film Fest is a film festival dedicated entirely to fungi. I've been in it for the last three years, and this year my film didn't get in, but I'm going to host the festival anyway and screen yeah. my film in front of it. Okay. And uh, so I hope everyone comes out. Last year we, we sold out the launch pad. This year I'm looking for a new theater to screen it in. And um, as soon as I have all the details around this, I will share it widely so please stay tuned for that information. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be PSAs here on the station. Cool. So there's two opportunities to see Gone Good coming up. Um, and don't forget to go out to Paonia on December 7th to see the other films. That's right. December 7th at the Paradise. That's going to be an event to help the Rotary Club. And I'm showing Azure Essence Through a Blue Lens, uh, a rodeo film, a film about the Telluride uh, fireworks display, and... Um, it's all uphill from here about John Seipel and the 10th Mountain Division uh, huts. All right, sweet. Fame. So one last word for our listeners. Can't wait to see you. Thank you so much. I love everyone. Thank you. All right. Thanks for joining us today. Comfort you with my own.